next on Rugby Wrap-Up, Brian Ray, Dan Power, and Matt McCarthy with Major League Rugby analysis, highlights, and opinion that you don't want to miss. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub. The Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Thank you for joining us once again and joining my colleagues, Mr. Brian Ray and Mr. Dan Power. Brian, let's get right to it, right? We got we got NOLA going into San Diego. Who the hell is this San Diego team? <laughs> Who the hell is either team after what we just watched? I, I was flabbergasted by that game. Uh, and uh, there's two sides of this coin. Number one, uh, San Diego's defense was excellent. Uh, number two, Nola's offense was poor. Uh, you know, they, they're just, there was, you can see Holden Younger frustrated, you know, trying to waving guys around the corner. He's got a one-off runner, no support. There was just no urgency to move the ball quickly from the ruck. It was too slow. It gave San Diego more time to sit up, but Hey, San Diego tackled like their, you know, lives depended on it. And, uh, they fully deserve that win. Best game we've seen from them all year. Uh, so kudos to them. That's why I'm in hanging out in uh, sunny downtown <laughs> to a Vista here. Uh, so credit to San Diego. I'm pleased that they got the win. They got a week off now and uh, looking forward to see what they can do in the second half. Dan, are San Diego the who we thought they are? Oh, look at you, Dennis Green. Start smashing the desk here. Mate, how, how about just statistics in the MLR this year just mean absolutely nothing. You can control territory possession. It's like uh, you'll lose by 40 points. It's, it's crazy. Like Nola had the, the statistical advantage in this game, yet they weren't even close. It didn't even look like winning. But uh, San Diego with Joe Peterson. It's like, you know, you've got the Heath Ledger Joker when he's playing. And when he's not playing, it's like the Jared Leto Joker who was terrible. Like, that's that's San Diego. Same character, totally different when one guy plays and when he doesn't. Brian, we had Ethan McVeigh making his first start in Major League Rugby. And what a start it was. Yeah, how about that? He wasn't even on the team a couple weeks ago, already starting and gets to play with uh, Joe Peterson at that. So I'm sure he enjoyed himself. i got to say, he looked pretty sharp out there. Uh, I like what I saw. So, you know, that question that we had, are there any American uh, scrum hats floating around? Apparently there is, and he, he looks pretty good. Sir, aren't yeah. you Ethan McVie, the Mark Lone Medal Award winner? I am, in fact, Ethan McVie, the Mark Lone Medal Award winner. And isn't this the award for the High School Player of the Year as issued by Queensland University? Yes, it is, in fact. It's a program of synergy between USA Rugby and the Australian Rugby Union? Yes. And you are a scrum half. I am, in fact, a scrum half. Cecil Africa, though, looked a lot lighter and is a little little bit more pep in his step with Joe Peterson back then. Yeah, you take away the responsibility of being a creator, uh, you know, for Cecil Africa and, and just let him run the ball. He's a natural ball runner. It's what he's best at. As soon as you, you just let him do that, put a fence around the stuff that he's not great at, he's, he's a significantly better player. We saw the same performance a few weeks ago and – now he gets to go back to that. So hopefully hopefully they start to come healthy here. I was just kind of running my eye over the Western table. They're not out of it, like by a long shot. you got Austin and Utah kind of neck and neck in that second place, but they're five, six points uh, in arrears, but they've got a run of games here that are winnable games, and if they can play like they did in the weekend, Matt, the West is now wide open again. The Wild West, Brian. And speaking of the Wild West, your Toronto Arrows 
went into Houston. It's a good win. It was nine games in a row they've been playing, and it looked like it. I mean, some of the mistakes they were making that first half, you could tell they were just tired, you know, just making bad passes, dropping the ball, that kind of thing. Uh, But they pulled it out. It was a gutsy win for them. They didn't get the five points, but they got the four. They needed at least a W out of that one. You know, I mean, they spent the whole first half in Houston's end. Uh, you know, some kudos to, to Houston, certainly for defending that well. But, you know, I, I think a, a, an Arrows team that was really firing would have had the bonus points. So sewed up by then. They didn't quite. But they're going to enjoy their week off, I think, uh, kick their feet up, relax a bit and get recharged for this uh, home stretch run in this, this this second half. And they're still in it. They're not out there at, at yet. You know, we just mentioned San Diego. But the Arrows, if they can put in a good run here with five home games in the last seven, I think they'll do OK. I think Chris Silverthorne, the Arrows and co will look back on this win as, you know, winning winning ugly. Everyone kind of has their own terminology. But winning those games where you're under a lot of pressure, the other team's defending well, they'll look back on that quite kindly, I think, in a few weeks. Uh, it was a tough game. Well, you were there, Matt. Like, I've heard just the physicality. It came across on the screen. It was very, very physical. I think both sides are going to be hurting. This and that week. was just me and Grant Cole. Yeah, it was just you and Grant Cole. <laughs> just, just in person. It was yeah. great. I'm jealous. I was so jealous. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was uh, that, that stadium. I hadn't been to it. Unbelievable. You'd think you're in the nicest part of Europe in a state-of-the-art rugby stadium, and it's Houston. It's America, baby. America. Cecil Garber never stops working. Final play of the game, as a matter of fact. His team is out of it, but Godfrey chases it down with a good kick chase. Garber blocks it, picks up the charged kick in the try zone. You know, so they don't quit. They're still plugging away they got a great stadium a great organization next one up new york went into austin and this was as physical as it gets and a 16-9 final dan this looked like a really tough game new york looked like a team and i think we all three of us mentioned it on the show last week that was just mentally drained from the la game and austin austin's a, a handful like they're tough, they're physical, and that's probably not what New York wanted. If that was an open, fast game, New York probably would have enjoyed it a bit more because they'd just gone through that tough slog with LA. Another grind was probably a bit too much for them. A couple of chances from the the moments that I saw that probably went begging for New York, but uh, Austin just tough and gritty at home. Good win for the Gilgronies. Gets them back in the second place. Didn't help losing Dan Holland's head, Brian. Yeah, that was a key departure at halftime. He banged up his shoulder there. You can see he was in some discomfort. So that's unfortunate. Certainly nothing, taking nothing away from, from Harry Bennett. But I, you know, I'm not sure if Dan was in there anyways, that it would have made too much of a difference the way that game was going. You know, as they say in the, the fight world, you know, styles make fights. And this was just two teams that were just throwing hammer and tongs at each other all game. Uh, New York maybe let themselves down a little bit with the referee management. They got warned twice for uh, back chat just in the first half, you know, and you could say, tell that, uh, you know, Mr. Anselmi was losing his patience with them. So that's something they're going to have to discuss with themselves. And, and that's probably just, uh, you know, from being frustrated from the flight and, and, you know, putting it all out against LA the week before and then struggling against uh, what they made might've perceived as a lesser side in Austin, but, uh, certainly not. They're they're uh, you know Austin were up for that when they played hard and they got the the W that they deserved. Dan, you were the only. I got to go back to when they were a, a laughing stock. You were the one to get on the bandwagon. You, yeah, are yeah. the reason they've turned this thing around. Dan, you picked up the phone. I said, Gilly, got something special going on down here. I just need a couple of million. And uh, he's like, Dan, you, everything you touch turns to gold. Um, we miss we miss kind of represented the color wheel gold to burnt orange 
I said goals. He went, we're going burn orange. But yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, it's a great time to be a Gilbroniac brother. It certainly is. It certainly is. And then we've got New England going into Atlanta. And Atlanta is a team that's confounded me. I, I keep underestimating them, Brian. Well, I, I don't wish to, you know, harp on this too much, but I did pick Atlanta last week, so I'll take a little bit of credit for that. Uh, you know, I, and the guy, you know, I thought... It's got an A on it. <laughs> the guy I thought it would light, you know, light it up, Adrian Carlos, ends up playing fly half, you know, and, and kicks the ball all game. Scott Lawrence obviously saw something that he thought that they could win, and just they pounded the ball downfield all game. It threw New England off. They couldn't play their open style. The one try, uh, you know, Harry Barlow, that score, that he, the, the try that he got was the best attack motion of the whole game, but... It was just they wore them down, uh, you know, over and over, kicked it downfield and just played hard defense. And then there were two key changes in that that final quarter. They brought in uh, Manasa Saulo came into the ATL front row and just wrecked shop in the scrum. It was over at that point. And Vili who came on at hooker for New England. And, you know, he's doing fine in the loose, but his throwing just isn't there yet. And you can see it at the line out, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, that that last quarter, they just slipped away. ATL, uh, you know, that's a tactical victory, I think, for Scott Lawrence. You know, and also, what was it, 1918? Yeah, 1918 up to the, the hour. And two yellow cards for, for New England. New England doesn't feel comfortable unless they're playing with like five guys in the, in the sin bin. Yeah. <laughs> that conference is just... Hey, oh, tennis. It, it's hypertension for the entire fan base. I mean, there should be some statistics on heart disease on the East Coast fan base after this because of how close these get. Well, Atlanta's in first place now. Like three weeks ago, Matt... They, they were in they last in. place. It's like I just don't – I just can't keep my my head wrapped around this. But, yeah, they, they look really strong. Carlos are uh, moving him from 15 to 10. I think it's pretty interchangeable. But, yeah, Brian, when they, they kind of let him run a little bit more, man, that like adds a whole new wrinkle into that ATL side. So, great defense. We know that about uh, Atlanta. They've always had a really strong defensive system. But now they've got a little spark in their attack as well. They're looking good down the stretch here. Utah going into L.A. And, you know, the score is 11-point margin of victory, Dan. But one thing that we're seeing about Utah under Sean Pittman, they don't quit. They do not quit. And, you know, the, the ending with them scoring and Teo drop-kicking the extra the conversion just for good measure, that was pretty cool. It was awesome. I mean... First drop kick ever in SoFi Stadium. There you go. There's a lot of firsts, wasn't there, that night? But LA get back, you know, after last week against New York. They come back. They look great. But I thought Utah, if they would have executed at some key moments a little bit better, this match is actually really close coming down to the wire. I don't think Utah is that far off LA. Yeah. Uh, if they run into each other again out in Utah, the game could be really tight, especially Pittman and Davies go away, watch the film and kind of pick up those moments, say, hey, we just, just just a couple of percenters here, there, fix this, tighten this up. We're in this game. But LA looked good again, getting close to full strength. Great to see Billy Meeks back. What a difference he makes to that back line. He is uh, – I know we talk a lot about Adam Ashley Cooper and Matt Gitto, and they deserve all the credit. I mean, phenomenal players. They're, they're – you know, their career speaks volumes. But yeah, Billy Meeks that, is a great sign. They did have back. Yep, that made a big difference too. But I, I really like Meeks. I, I got a lot of time for Meeks. Like if you put the GM cap on and I was starting a team somewhere else, 
He'd be a guy I'd actually be really interested in signing. That, that was a pretty good effort from Utah, considering I think a lot of people would have, especially after, you know, L.A. scored, what, two minutes into the game. I think a lot of people yeah. going, oh, here we go again. So, you know, absolutely credit to Utah for sticking in that one throughout the whole game. Uh, I think you're right. It was probably a little bit closer than, than the score reflected, which is a good sign not only for, for Utah, but also the competitiveness as a whole. Now that New York has, has taken that, you know, undefeated shine off L.A., all of a sudden everyone else kind of thinks, well, hey, Maybe these yeah. guys are mortal. Maybe we can uh, pick our game up a little bit here. Seattle, they went into D.C. Both sides at the bottom of the table, and I think both probably feel as though they should be doing better than what they are. I, the loss of Matt Turner probably sent Seattle off here. I, I felt like I felt like they were probably the better team, the, the, you know, through that 50 minutes when, when Turner got hurt. And then when he went off, I... They're, they're just kind of lost everything. It was just an old glory kind of knuckled down and got it done in the end. Seattle will be Seattle will be upset. They're, they're looking better every week, which is one of the positives that you know fans can take away. Is they look a lot better every week, and they're still out there competing every single week. Uh, but old glory, this could be like I said with that Toronto game. They could look back at like an ugly win here. I mean, like well, this kept us in touch, and who knows what happens from here for them. This is a game I didn't think Old Glory should have won. I don't think they played particularly well. I think in that second half, they were really just hanging on, you know, by the skin of their teeth. Seattle kept putting the pressure on, but just a few handling errors here and there just didn't get a couple things right. And, and yeah, you know, that, that knock-on effect, you lose Turner, but also J.P. Smith moves out of scrum half. He was he was looking pretty good there and, you know, no problems with Devereaux Ferris, but that's a big change when you're making a scrum half yeah. change that early in the game and it's unexpected. So that that really did throw them off. And that's unfortunate because, you know, I really thought Seattle was the better team in this one. They just couldn't finish in this game. Yep. And credit to Seattle for battling on the road after that long road trip. Uh, but guys, we'll be right back after this with previews of next week's matches. Don't go away. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. Been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think is on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. back mr brian ray mr dan power matt mccarthy guys we got some good matches coming up toronto uh the, the toronto atlantis brian's team are, are off this week they're going to get some rest much needed well-deserved rest and also we had that Gilgronies versus guillotinis thing the gilchrist cup on wednesday so those teams aren't playing this this weekend but we do have utah going into nola and two teams coming off different results in in a, in a mental state Dan. Yeah, if I'm uh, if I'm coaching these two sides, I'd rather be coaching Utah in this scenario because they took, I, I think, more positives out of their loss than I think Nola just got absolutely obliterated down there in San Diego. This one's down in the gold mine, so, you know, a little bit of advantage there to Nola Gold. But um, I think Utah's going to bounce back. I actually really... 
outside of that three-game skid there where they went through where it was kind of, uh, and they've turned that around so well, I think Utah's a really good program. It's, it's a really good culture there. Mike Teo is taking a leadership role within that team. I like what they're doing. I like Sean Pittman. I like Sean Davies. I like Brendan Sparks. I like that organization. I think they're going to shock some people down the stretch here and, and get themselves back into the playoffs. So I'll go Utah. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with Dan on this one. You know, it, we're looking at teams trying to figure out what's going on from week to week. Two weeks ago, I would have said NOLA would be the favorites at home in this game. But uh, after what we saw last week, Utah looked the better side. NOLA looked totally out of sorts. Totally, uh, I don't know what, what happened to them. So I'm going to have to go with the Warriors on the road uh, in New Orleans. Yeah, you know, we've got games that define teams. You know, we had Austin going up to New England. We, 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 we pinpointed that one. You've got Atlanta making that trip into Seattle this weekend. And this is another one. NOLA, after crapping the bed last week in San Diego, how they bounce back. This is a pivotal match in the East, but it's also a pivotal match for the league. Next one up, D.C. going into Houston. D.C. have to win this. Like, the East Coast, they're still in. I think Houston may, at this point, be too far back. They, I think they'd have to run the table to, to get into the finals in the West, and you just don't like the chance. I think they've actually got a run of games coming up similar to what Toronto have just come through, and, and Brian and, and the Arrows fans can attest. That's a tough run to, to go through, especially when everyone's battle-tested in the season. So I just think this DC have more to lose, so they'll win. Uh, this is a tough one to call. You know, DC, if you're looking at who needs to win this more, yeah, you have to go with Old Glory. But, uh, you know, I really wasn't impressed with them. And this is a shorter turnaround. They got one day less to recover. They played on Sunday, right? So, you know, I, I like Houston's chances at home. Uh, you know, they didn't get any really any points against the Arrows until the, the end of one penalty and then the try at the end. But, uh, you know, I, I think they'll feel a little bit better. You know, they maybe um, just the way they stuck in the game with the Arrows, I think they'll maybe feel a little better and they weren't traveling during the week. So, you know, I'm going to go with Houston at home against Old Glory. You know, this is where it's one of those where, you know, Houston struggled to score points last weekend against Toronto because they were playing a lot of defense. Maybe they're not playing a lot of defense in this one. Maybe they score a bushel of points. Who knows? But I got to go like Dan with the team that's still alive. I'm going with Old Glory in this one. New England at New York, the battle of the Eastern Conference. This one's tough to figure, too. They're both coming off road trips, and New York had that physical battle, and we don't know who's going to be available just yet. Is Holland's head out? Is he in? Nick Savetta went out in that match. So this is a tough one to figure, Brian. This is a tough, these are all tough and they're all bigger as we move towards the end of the season. Yeah. Every game just has more weight to it. <laughs> this is a, I, I'm leaning towards New York, but you know, I, I just feel like new England are going to be really disappointed in themselves uh, with that game against Atlanta. And I think they're going to kind of pick up their socks. So uh, this is going to be a tough, tough game. Uh, I, I'm going to go with New York, but I think it's one of those New York by three kind of things like, I think New England certainly has a chance to win this, uh, you know, but both teams are going to be frustrated with their performances. I, I, and I just can't see uh, New York at home uh, accepting that kind of a defeat that they did in, in Austin. Yeah. And Jersey city is a tough place to play. Dan is Poland was limping around after he scored his try for New England. And could that be a factor here? 
Yeah, so like I think even to Brian's point, Holland said, Poland, like you start looking at key players and injuries around this time of the year, which is inevitable. It's going to affect the the makeup of these rosters and therefore the performance. But just excited for another chapter, like the great American sporting history behind these two cities. It, go, it runs so deep. And I really hope both teams from ownership down to, you know, the, the very bottom po- person in the organization embrace it and really add, you know, write their own chapter, just fresh page and say, New York hates Boston, Boston hates New York. Let's not, you know, leave pleasantries uh, aside true, here and man. rip in. That's, it's not true. It is. Rugby David. United, Marty Veal, Ryan Martin, what's going on this week? Is someone deflating someone else's footballs this week? Who knows? And Who knows? your pick is? I'm doing this game, so I'm not picking anyone. I'm on the fence because I just right, love like rugby. Like not on camera. No, because you're recording me and you'll get me. <laughs> and I'll walk in and Marty Ville will be like, oh, hey, bro, I need to talk to you for a second about your puck. And I'll be like, no, and then run away. That's a, that's a pretty good Marty Ville right there yeah. or anybody from New Zealand for that matter. Um, but I, his pick is New England, ladies and gentlemen. He is picking the Free Jacks. He texted me that just now. Uh, I'm going to go with New York because I am unabashedly a homer. The last match, Atlanta going into Seattle, right? This is a big, that big road trip that we were talking about, Brian. Yeah, and that's the thing that's kind of holding me back from resoundingly picking ATL. I mean, I'm still picking Atlanta. I think they're just looking where they are. The two teams are at the moment. Atlanta's on a roll. Uh, they have actually an extra day's rest before they make that trip. But it is they still got to make the trip and that's a long trip. So, you know, that this is a real uh, testing match for ATL. See what they're really made of. Uh, I I'm still picking them, but um, certainly not counting Seattle out by any means. Uh, they can, uh, and at uh, on that field, it's a smaller field. So not as much room for ATL to run around too. So uh, it's going to be another uh, tactical decision from, from Scott Lawrence. We'll see how re- he reacts to that, but I'm, I am picking ATL as if I haven't said that enough. I'll say it again, Dan. I'm actually going to go ATL as well. And it's funny that Brian's that because you're picking free, the free Jacks. Sure. Why not? Brian, okay. it just, I'll just lay down under the bus. You don't have to throw me there. I'll just lay down. I'll take it. I think the smaller field actually plays into ATL's advantage with their defense, how aggressive their defense is. It's going to make it really hard for Seattle. They won't have the width outside, which is where usually that defense is vulnerable. If you can get out into that uh, outside 13 channel, you know, is where you can do some damage. If you can get there, a uh, small field, there's not going to be a lot of space. And no Matt Turner, I think you lose that creativity at the back yeah. of Seattle. It could be a tough one for the Seawolves here. Uh, I, I did hear, though, that Yamada is in route. What about your father? Uh, no, no, he got a case of gout, so he's out this weekend. He's uh, he's uh, he's up on the exotic foods, Dad. He'll be okay. But Yamada, not the Watch father, it. he's back. I think the youth of Atlanta will serve them well on this long road trip because you know it's not going to matter to them as much as some older guys. Uh, so I think that and Turner being out is a big component for Seattle. So I'm going to pick Atlanta. I'm sorry, Adrian Balfour. You can't pick, you you can't pick every team each week, everybody. Right. So I, you got to pick somebody. That's the whole thing here. So I'm going, I'm going with Atlanta in this one. All right, fellas, final thoughts. Uh, man, we're heading into the second half of the season, which is crazy to think about. It seems like it just started, but yeah. 
Man, every game from here on out is super exciting. So, uh, you know, I'm pumped. And, hey, no cancellations. Every game has been a go yeah. so far. So, uh, you know, you said that going into the season, we were a little bit worried about that. So far, so good. So, fingers crossed we get to the rest of the way. Uh, looking forward to it. And uh, go Arrows. Dan, who's going to win the East? That's a great question, Matthew. And that's – I don't have an answer for you. If, I'm, if, if I had to put my money on it, and this is not my heart speaking, okay, or this is just – Financially speaking, so I don't get mad at me, I would I would put my money on Toronto. Wow, wow! That's just I just with the the players they have, the squad they have, and what it takes to kind of come out of that conference. I think they've got the the depth and they've kind of got the history and the experience there to get through the tough times. So I'll I will go. I think Toronto will take the number one seed. Number two, you could give me. Anyone, uh, they're all they're all good enough to make it, but I think Toronto will run away with the East. Brian, he's putting his tunies where his mouth is. I like this Dan fella. He can come and visit me up in my igloo here anytime. <laughs> On that note, let's we we warmed up everybody out there with this show, but it is time to conclude and come to an end. I want to thank Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News and Dan Power, the voice of Major League Rugby. I'm Matt McCarthy on behalf of these gentlemen, and please, ladies and gentlemen, check out our other segments including our major league rugby show our global rugby recap what are the odds our major league rugby sports bet show with the philly godfather john bradshaw layfield the wwe legend and gifty Baylou, martial law the zach attack and please sign up for our american red cross rugby wrap-up blood donor team <laughs>